0: Gonna get moving quickly, uh, lots of stuff to cover. What a crazy week in cyber, good Lord. It just seems to go on and on and up and down and sideways and left and right. And uh, it's it, the, the insanity never really ends. <laughs> Let's start with a look at the Okta situation because that's the thing that most folks are most concerned about. Uh, it seems to be the topic of the news right now. Um, depending on what your particular perspectives are on this whole Okta thing, and please make comments below, I personally think the company's done a pretty good job of putting out uh, a well-crafted response to an interesting um, developing situation. That's not to say that it couldn't be um, different or better, but it's interesting nonetheless. They, they They've been pretty open and realistic about what they're doing and why they're doing it and how it's uh, how it's changing the game. So let's go into that a little bit. There was a recent post that just came out and I'm going to find it here really quickly on the actual Okta stuff. Um, and I'll share this with you because we should see what we're looking at. And we're down the rabbit hole. So now let's go up here and look at this sucker. So uh, Lapsus, which I don't know whether or not I would agree that these folks are a ransomware operation necessarily based on some research. Um, But they're doing the same sort of work that a lot of adversaries are doing in this space. Uh, Here's the the recent chief uh, security officer posting from David Bradbury at Okta again um, depending on who you are and what you think I've done, I think they've done a pretty good job of, um, you know, being realistic and overt about what they're sharing and how they're sharing it. Um, says, as we shared earlier today, thorough investigation lapses claims any impact on our valued customers. Octus service is fully operational. There are no corrective actions our customers need to take. But then uh, right after that, after a thorough analysis of these claims, we've included a small percentage of customers, the ones that you just said don't need to take any action approximately 2.5% have potentially been impacted and whose data may have been viewed or acted upon. We've identified those customers are contacting them directly. Um, If you're a customer, we love you, we want you, blah, 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 all those cool things. They're doing a webinar today, which is also very good and interesting as well. Um, Again, I I think the response here has been good. I think the response here has been crafted a little bit better than what we've seen with some of the other players in the space right now, because we're still in the dark about what's going on but there are customers affected. This is a login sort of issue. Um, and the, the if you scroll down deeper and read into this other part here where they're talking about the unsuccessful attempt and at customer support and engineering, whatever else, and they say that there's no way that those things would have been seen. If you go back and look at what was uh, actually shared um, out there from the lapsus group, which you can do that. If you go find the stuff, I'm not gonna tell you, to do but it's there the question I have is, well, how did they post those screenshots when you're saying in your response that that screenshots are not possible? Was that a fake? Did they manipulate the stuff and build their own site or something? Because it, I mean, it shows what you're saying they didn't have. So again, interesting stuff. Now, moving forward onto that, uh, let's talk about what was going on with the White House um, briefing as far as the, the nation's shields up thing. Um, this is the, the White House came out with this act now to protect against potential cyber attacks. This should have been titled, Hey, if you're reading this, it's probably too fucking late. Um, the Biden Harris administration, and this is not a political thing again, because I don't do politics, but this is an issue of it's too late to be doing this stuff. In most instances, if all of a sudden you're waking up to cyber and you go, Oh shit, we have to actually deal with cyber talks about the executive order, um, it says, basically, here's what we urge companies to do. We urge companies to execute the following steps with urgency. If you've been ignoring cyber for the last two decades, oh, by the way, wake up and go do these cyber things right now because you're in a bad place. Mandate multi-factor. People have been saying that for a long time. I, My kids use multi-factor. Like, Deploy modern security tools. Well, what are the modern security tools that you would suggest? Are those endpoint, application, isolate? Like there's such a broad swath of possible things that you could put out there. It's not good just to go, hey, modern security tools. What? Like there is some value in being a bit more specific here. I understand that they're not trying to mandate or say you have to do these things, but it would be valuable to go off and go, these are the three things that we suggest you should use. Um, Check with cybersecurity professionals, again, what professionals, to make sure that your systems are patched to protect against all known vulnerabilities. All known vulnerabilities? Not all vulnerabilities are necessarily a problem. All vulnerabilities are not all weaponized. They're not all used by bad guys for exploitation purposes. And change passwords across your networks. So go change passwords on everything all the time, even though you have no indication of a possibility of compromise good advice but knee jerky if you ask me and these are my opinions again people don't like them they like them whatever back up your data should have been doing that for a long time if you're in a regulated industry there's laws that say you have to do that run exercises and drill your emergency plans if you have not been doing emergency drills and you don't have one in place and you've never gone through a tabletop yeah do it but man you should have been doing this a while ago encrypt your data so it cannot be used if stolen okay but we're talking to every business everywhere i mean tell people how to do it or at least have a reference or a link that says here's a one way to go enable these things educate your employees we've done that we've been down that road people have been trained to death they should have really good understanding of cyber i mean at least for the industries that we're talking about that need this issue engage proactively with fbi and cisa yeah sure um do that it can be a little bit intricate and a little bit interesting if you're not familiar with that space how to do that but agree this is good stuff and and for the record these people are doing great work cisa and the folks there however this type of stuff that just is schlepped out the door is knee jerky and isn't actually specific enough to help everyone understand what they really really need to do about we must also focus on bolstering america's cybersecurity over the long term we encourage technology and software companies to do all the things we've been telling you to do for the last 15 or 20 years use modern tools software developers are responsible for code like we're throwing developers back under the bus here um implement security practices mandated in the ceo it's not bad to come off from on high because again this shows that the the government the president the vice president the leaders of this country are engaged and they're willing to go forward and say do something you know, for this purposes of helping people in cyber, but it's also problematic because, uh, we need some specificity in there, some links, some clicky things, some, some YouTube, something, I mean, just something rather than just say, do these things, it would be super helpful if there was some other connections in here and yeah, there's, you know, some other stuff, but it ain't that good to be perfectly honest. This could have been done better. Another one uh, that was interesting, Uh, uh, this was on MIT technology review on the 18th, Um, inside the plan to fix America's never-ending cybersecurity failures. Okay, so let's talk about this. Um, You got to read through the whole thing. Uh, Looming threats from Russian hackers, FCC, which now we're talking about the FCC, uh yeah being involved in this whole thing sec dh i mean the, the the amount of acronyms and agencies that are becoming so deeply ingrained in this whole cyber practice space is becoming increasingly confounding and possibly concerning uh but for many officials total reliance on goodwill uh the purely voluntary approach to cybersecurity has not gotten us to where we need to be despite decades of efforts says suit and spalding previously a Obama administration security official. Cool. Externalities have long justified regulation and mandates such as with with pollution and highway safety, which we all know that there's no more pollution and highway safety is perfect, right? Crucially, the White House top official concurs. I'm a strong fan of what Suzanne says, says Chris Ingalls, who's again doing great work. Um, It's no secret that companies don't want strong cybersecurity rules, says Senator Ron Wyden. Interesting point. One of Congress's loudest focuses, voices, excuse me, on cybersecurity and privacy concerns. That's how our country got to where it is on cybersecurity. Wouldn't necessarily agree with that particular statement. There's more nuance that goes on in that space, and that's a pretty blanket thing to say, but it's not entirely wrong. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend that changing the status quo is going to be easy. Hmm. Sounds like there should be a long term strategic approach to the problem. Wink but the alternative is to let hackers from Russia and China, and even North Korea run wild in critical systems across America, which they are in many instances. I sincerely hope the next hack doesn't cause more damage than the colonial pipelines breach, but unless Congress gets serious, it's almost inevitable. Okay. Well, there's the derail in that whole statement. Um, Congress getting involved and inevitability it's, uh, again, the, the, the horse is out of the barn. Um, and bad things are happening out there and you can hear that there's people working around the house because this is kind of 2022 and this is how it works but it is what it is i've got software that's supposed to edit that crap out but anyway uh, they talk about inside and outside and then you see they start bringing in other things they start talking about tsa and they start talking about dhs they start talking about other agencies and how effective they are at what they do not really the best way to go about fixing the issue by referencing things like these other agencies that have got their own problems and are not well crafted at their response to the issue. Um, I would say that this article really should read, we need a a, a national cybersecurity strategy, and here are guidelines and EOs and publications and references that will help us put this in place. I, Ron Wyden, or whoever, and submitting this, up the food chain to the people in charge so that we can actually begin implementing change. Oh, and by the way, there's hard facts and teeth to this thing. Let's go on further from that. Geopolitical unrest, cyber attacks, spotlight board duties. Now I put a, a thing on LinkedIn and Twitter that basically said, I think we should have a cyber person on every board on every company in the United States in some way, shape or form. Um, I think that that's absolutely necessary. I think that there should be some sort of fiduciary regulation that says that that should happen. And the fact that we don't have that is going to continue to produce more problems for us as we operate in this space. Let's just be real about it. I mean, that's, that's what's up. Uh, These guys and gals crawl through the, the Russia stuff because Russia is the hot topic. They talk about, you know, the other side of it. But the, the point I think really in this article that we should walk away with um, is that it's actually more indicative of the fact that legal folks don't really understand all of the things that go on in cyber. Um, they talk about mitigating risk. You should insist that management develop an IT security program and monitor the reliability of that program. That's been in place or supposed to be in place for a long time. That's mandated, that's legal in many, many instances. Borrowing from the DOJ's guidance on how to evaluate design, implementation, effective operation corporate compliance programs is enforcing the Correct Policies Act and maybe the director's best interest to consider the same questions. Now, what does it say? Is compliance program, compliance, compliance, compliance. There's really bright people out there, Ala Valente and other folks, Renee Murphy that have said that compliance is the floor, not the ceiling. That's the right thing. The fact that we're talking again about compliance means we're saying, get to this bar and you're done and that's it. And you're good. That's not the case. Um, I think people should crawl through this stuff and read it uh, really, really read it and make your own, uh, you know, decisions about what this stuff says. Cause there's things that they're, they're hinting at, but rather than go, this needs to happen. This is how we do this it's just suggestions and it falls back to the same things we've already done in the past, which we know aren't going to make that much difference. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why this continues to be such a, such an area of like, we don't understand it's there. We have 30 years of proof. And in some cases more, we have regulations, we have rules, we have laws, we have compliance, we have, all these things in place that say that this is what we have to do and yet it still is like what well, we think you should do x and it would be nice if y happened i mean it even says in here the impact of cyber breach on fiduciary duties <clears throat> deep fakes so let's go into the deep fake stuff um i move fast because i know folks have got other stuff to do and i'm just taking up some time on your uh right after lunch if you're on the east coast anyway uh, Russia uses deepfake of Zelensky to spread this information. Now, this deepfake was not very good. Um, if you saw the one that was on there, I put it out there and shared it with a bunch of people and it got a lot of looks. It wasn't good, but before it was taken down, before anyone responded to it, 80-something thousand people had either reacted, retweeted, reposted, or um, commented on that particular bad deepfake. If you think about that, that means that 80,000 people were reacting to something that was not really well crafted and they shared it or they, they used some time to actually go off and react to something and, and comment about it. Does that mean that the narrative was owned by that particular bad deep fake? In that instance, I would say that it did. Now, if it was a really good deep fake, and it had been put together in the right approach with the right Twitter handles and the right uh, sharing capacity, it would have really gone viral. I mean, 80,000, problematic, potentially. Try 8 million, right? What what if that thing had gone out that way? If it had been better, if it had been more well-crafted, if it didn't have the weird thing where you saw the guy's head move but not his neck? I mean, it would be... I mean, you, you, you could have literally impacted the, the war in Ukraine with that. <clears throat> um, yeah, and I mean, part of what he said in there is Zelensky, blah, 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 posts his own message, and Zelensky comes back and says that this wasn't me. I didn't say this. This is not, not real. But that also means that the leader of an organization engaged in conflict had to take time out of his day to combat a fake narrative that's him while there's a war going on. So in the Russian approach to things, chaos is the goal. Chaos in this instance, won the day, um, if you have and if you have a leader in a conflict zone, having to take time out of their day to explain that this is not them and they're not calling for surrender, the other side is gaining the upper hand every second that he or she is taking their time to do so. So deep fakes, Hate to be one of those told you so people, but deepfakes is a cyber warfare capability and you can impact the outcome of conflict with nothing more than manipulated narrative. Shitty deepfake. Luckily, it wasn't really, you know, good. But if it was, wow. What if there's a deepfake from Putin or someone deepfakes Putin and says we're launching tactical nuclear warheads into Ukraine? What happens then, especially if it's a good one? stuff to think about Uh, okay now i do like to kind of talk about what goes on in the halls of congress and leadership on from capitol hill because it's worth noting um cornyn lee bill to bolster cybersecurity passes the house if you're a taxpayer in the united states this type of stuff should probably stick in your craw in my opinion now i've read through the whole bill um but really, like, let's get into the, the soup to nuts side of what's actually here and why this is worth paying attention to. In the face of Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, the United States must remain extra vigilant against potentially disastrous cyber threats from Russian hackers and would weaken our infrastructure military readiness. Mm-hmm. Um, crucial bill will ensure our critical infrastructure operators and local government are prepared for dangerous Russian cyber attacks. And I'm proud to be joined by blah, blah, blah. Passes this legislation will help improve the National Cybersecurity Preparedness Consortium to fulfill its mission of training and preparedness for cyber attacks. There are a few greater threats than ones created about cyberspace. They can up in the lives of Americans everywhere, uh, blah, blah, blah. Those threats can be mitigated. Mm, no, that's not what we're actually saying, and that's not actually technically enforceable because we've got training. This is where things go awry. Uh, under this bill, the U.S. Department of H- Homeland Security would be authorized to work with the uh, NCPC to provide training to state and local first responders and officials, develop curriculums and provide technical assistance conduct cross-sector cybersecurity training and simulation exercise for state and local governments, critical infrastructure owners and operators of private industry, help states and communities develop cybersecurity information sharing programs, help incorporate cybersecurity risk and incident prevention. Now, all those things sound kind of good and cool and interesting, but if you really take a second step back, like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that we haven't been training people on state and local and DHS and other organizations that are including this NCPC thing about cybersecurity? No, we have. I've worked at... Some of those organizations, I know people that have worked at those organizations, you take cybersecurity training regularly, quarterly, in some instances, more than that. They've been trained. It's not great training, but it's training and it at least familiarize you with going on, with what's going on. Simulation stuff, okay, simulation makes a little bit more sense because we're actually simulating the attacks and things like that. However, when you read through the entire bill, it doesn't really say what, that simulation stuff needs to look like. It just talks about simulation. Does that mean a PowerPoint? Does that mean some high paid executive coming in and showing you a bunch of stuff on some slides and that's what you go for and you say, yes, that's how we respond and everybody walks away and that's the last you hear of it for a year? Or are we putting stuff in place and simulating environments, virtual stuff and actually running attacks and scenarios to get it in front of folks and make them understand? Clarity needs to be put in there. Help states and communities develop cybersecurity information sharing programs. They have that. We have that. What's InfraGard? What's CISA? What are all these other information sharing things that we have? I know for a fact there's 10 of them out there that you could probably find this afternoon. Why are we creating more? More does not necessarily make things better. In this case, we're literally throwing something else into the mix that's already been established that will continue to confound and befuddle people that are trying to find an answer. Help incorporate cybersecurity risk and incident prevention and response into existing state and local emergency plans. That's concerning. If state and local governments do not already have a well-crafted or at least functionally crafted, intelligently crafted something response plan for a cybersecurity uh, issue, we have a massive, massive problem this particular bill for me is more of a wake-up call of wait a minute there's a big issue with state and local governments there's a big issue with people not understanding what's actually going on there and there's a big issue with people not having an ability to understand at the local level how they should do stuff in cyber oh and by the way there's a lot of pork here where we're talking about more training for the purposes of training why don't we just put more well-crafted technical controls in front of individuals instead of training them not to click on links because we know that that doesn't work doesn't make a difference multi-billion dollar a year phishing training stuff going on statistically speaking four to six to seven percent of your workforce will always click links doesn't matter if you train them tie their fingers behind their back whatever they'll click links Only a couple more more things to go through here. New cyber incident law, not a national breach law, but a major first step. Um, I mean, there's been lots of major first steps. So major first steps, interesting, but I don't know that I would say that this is it. What the newly signed U.S. cyber incident law means for cybersecurity. And this was on the 16th. So this was last week, but. Um, We've talked about this in the past. It's a game changer, said somebody from VMware, um, you know, enforce other things, blah, blah. Uh, Companies will need to show they're taking this seriously. Gives CISA the authority to subpoena companies that fail to report cybersecurity incidents or ransomware payments. Organizations that fail to comply with subpoena can be referred to the DOJ. That's got some teeth to it, but there's also issues about people that won't want to report because they're afraid of that. And it's very possible to cover up a bad thing. If you know what you're doing in cyber, um, more funding 2.59 billion for CISA, um, 300 million above what was actually proposed. Yeah. And then it talks about a centralized repository of information on threat actor plans, programs, and operations. This will allow information sharing among critical agencies, blah, blah, blah. Again, all this stuff already exists. Um, This is more of the same thing. And there's so much money being thrown at this problem that it's just validating the need for more. It's not actually an optimization, a streamlining, uh, a clarifying approach to what's going on those repositories are already there in many instances. Now it may not be specific and exact with what's in the legislation here, but the what you really need and what you would be getting from it you can get from a variety of sources. Go back, I mean, go back to InfraGuard. like I said, they're awesome. Go look around, poke around and get some information from them. You can find out all kinds of cool shit by doing a little bit of research. But I, I don't, I'm wondering whether or not this is more of we need to have the information shoved down our throats so that we can actually do the right thing. Or whether it's just okay, cool. Um, here's a bill. Here's something else we can throw in. Let's create something else, some other monster, and make everybody dive into it. Um, you know, uh, they also Kellerman here from VMware. Um, I would like to see a banning of ransomware payments and explicit regulation as it relates to the exchanges. Kellerman said, "I've been cyber security for 20 years. Uh, it's good. Like it's good because this is bipartisan. It's across the the aisle or whatever, but." I mean, folks have got to take a careful look at this legislation and things that are coming in place because a lot of it is redundant. It's more on top of more is bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy. And it's not going to actually fix or deal with the problem. And I, I don't know, maybe there's not enough people that are actually reading through all this uh, and, you know, analyzing it. But that's what's up. I mean, I've, I've looked at the funding for this stuff. There's a good article uh, I thought worth reading. Um, yes, you can measure cybersecurity efficacy. Uh, Pete Lindman, who's a CISO, and he talks about some relative stuff. He talks about how to sort of wrap your head around measuring effectiveness and looking into what's going where. Um, check it out, it's on CISOOnline.com. Uh, use cases was probably the most interesting thing to me, and he does reference some pretty specific. Reports that were used for his organization as they wrap their head around what to do and how to do it and where to get their metrics from, Um, you know, or experiments like Google. We show that knowledge-based challenges prevent as few as 10% of hijacking attempts rooted in phishing and 73% of automated hijacking attempts. Device-based challenges provide the best protection blocking 94%. Um, So where would you focus your efforts, right? Would you focus your efforts on fixing the 10% or the 90%? Um, He talks about how using audits to determine things did not keep organizations from being breached, how that's not necessarily realistic and whether or not you would focus on those things that you know aren't going to lead you to a better state of efficacy. So if you're looking for statements and documentation and research that validates uh, that there are metrics that can be gathered and things that you should be putting in place, I would go read this report and I would look at those things that he's pointing out because they're very, very useful. microsoft um is involved in lapses um it's, they say they published it's honestly not that impressive um you know they claim microsoft samsung whatever source code the source code was for bing and cortana um no offense microsoft but like who cares about bing or cortana like find me five people right now that have used bing in the last three years i'll wait oh wait you're not going to find anybody um how, how many people use cortana i've deleted that thing as fast as possible. The only time I even remember Cortana existed was when I was playing Halo and Cortana showed up. So yeah, it's bad and whatever that they got in and that's really what's concerning. But the fact that they leaked Microsoft stuff, source code, it was for source code that no one really cares about. Is it theft of trade secrets? Yeah. Is it valuable intellectual property? It's intellectual property. Valuable? Eh, I don't know that I would necessarily say that's true, Um, but it is what it is. So yeah go read this one um these lapsus guys gals whoever they are seem to be moving pretty quickly i believe i read something that said it was like out of a portugal sort of side of things again attribution is always um suspect so be suspect okay Uh, i moved through a lot of stuff um let me stop share and get back to where I'm at right here. See if anybody's made any comments. A couple of comments on state and local. Yeah. I mean, we need to fix that problem. It's got to get better. Um, So we'll hopefully get through it now. I I did want to make one more sort of analysis here, and I'm not going to throw the company under the bus that did this, but we talk about that. There's a lack of talent in the space around cyber. I'll show you one reason why. Well, I won't show you because, I, again, I want to throw somebody out of the bus, but I'll, I'll read for you one reason why. Somebody reached out to me through my personal email about a job opportunity with a major company, right, doing cyber. And I was like, okay, screw it, whatever. I'll go look, see what's there, could be interesting. Um, while I crawled through that, it became very evident to me that nobody was actually doing their research. And it says in the email, I'm looking at your content right now. You're a, a, a known speaker in the space. Um, your profile's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then they said, you know, let me know if you want in on this job in the cybersecurity space and here's the job link. And again, I'm not going to throw the company under the bus or the person that sent this out, but uh, they sent me a job offering. And the qualifications were I had to be a high school graduate um, and that I had to have three years in cyber and the job was for um, a basic cybersecurity analyst position. Now, is that, would I not be interested in that job? No, I think that job could be cool. Basic, you know, cyber stuff is always fun. However, what this really shows is that the way that we're going about staffing these roles and putting people in place, it's not actually effective. I mean, you're recruiting people and you're sending them emails, um, trying to get them to, to take a role when the stuff you're putting in front of them is trash. Um, do better would be the only thing I could say. Like that's not, that's not the way to go about getting the right people in the role. Um, it's not that it's insulting or whatever because who cares, but it's really just you're trying to recruit people in for stuff when you haven't done the research or put the time in to make sure that you know who you're recruiting and where they would fit in your organization. And that's only going to ma- waste your time. So, yeah, um, I thought I was qualified for a high school job. So that was good, I guess. Anyway, uh, 30 minutes of this moved past. I've covered a lot of ground. Make comments, say different things. Tell me what you think. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is a book that I was lucky enough to get an early copy of by Juliet Kayyem. Um, she's on the TV all the time. The Devil Never Sleeps. Go get it. It's out there, I believe, next week. Uh, this is a great book for figuring out what is a, what, are, what are good ways to deal with really responding to problems. Like chapter five, that's all about stopping the bleed is great um, because she talks about that. It's not just will there be a problem? That's a given, which is something we've all understood. She talks about dealing with it and stopping the bleeding, not not saving the patient necessarily, but stopping the bleeding and keeping the breathing and those things going on. So, if you get a chance, the devil never sleeps. Juliet Kayyem, really good book. Um, I read this when I was on the plane, well, on the plane down and back. Good stuff. The next one I'm after, which if you're into Cali Linux, uh, super awesome stuff. Mastering Cali Linux, big book, thick book, but lots and lots of fun exercises. So. If you want to play with stuff, you want to break things, you want to do cool Cali stuff, go read that book. Anyway, God bless. Stay safe. Stay secure. Catch you on the next one. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast episode, aka episode, is provided for general information purposes only. By listening to this episode, you understand that this is not specific technical guidance from the host. No information contained in this episode should be construed as security advice from the author, host, or guest, nor is it intended to be a substitute for security advice on any particular subject matter. No listener of this episode should act or refrain from acting on the basis of any information included in or accessible through this episode without seeking the appropriate technical or other professional advice on the particular facts and circumstances that are discussed. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All views expressed therein are those of the host and his guest and should not be considered as being endorsed by nor related to the host or the guest's employers.